If you have your Bibles, go ahead and to Genesis chapter 26. We have been doing a series. The Lord's bringing me back into this passage. I thought I was done with it. And the Lord brought it back. And, you know, we want to speak and spend the time today blessing you and speaking into this year, 2023. I'm not into games and gimmicks and rhymes and, and come up with something catchy that comes off the number 23 or whatever, but, but as I, in my mind, natural mind, and, and I'm just being transparent with you, you got to realize, I don't care who you are, we are all following the Lord. And He doesn't show you everything as you're walking it out. Right? I wish I had, you know what I mean? It'd be nice if we had a navigational system for life and you'd wake up and say, all right, Lord, it's a new year. What's going to happen? And all of a sudden, every step, every turn, you see that on your nav, right? You're going to turn right in three miles. You're going to go down a mile. How you doing, Bob? You're going to go left in two miles. It doesn't work that way. Jesus doesn't give you all those lists. He just says the simple, follow me. And sometimes you learn as you step. Well, I don't see the 20 steps I got to take. Well, he's not going to show you 20. He'll show you one or two. And you take the step, and as you take the step, you begin to see more. And so I began uh, to close this series out in the natural. And all of a sudden, as I was watching different ministries that I am familiar with and connected with, uh, I began to see some of them quote these passages for the new year. One minister out of Nigeria, another pastor friend of mine, and they begin to speak what God had placed on their heart, and they're pulling the verses that we had been in for weeks. And I kind of felt like that verse, if you remember, uh, where the prophet of God, and we did that series on, on this, where he had spoken a famine, no rain, and then at the end of it, we didn't get into this part of it, at the end of it, he spoke, okay, it's time for the rain, and he sent his servant. Now go tell me what you see. Servant went out and came back. And he said, I don't see anything. And the prophet didn't freak out. He didn't get nervous. He just said, go look again. Look to your neighbor and say, go look again. Go look again. So the, the servant went out, came back, said, I don't see anything. Some of us have been going out and looking at the natural, knowing and expecting God to do the impossible. And in the natural, we look and we don't see it happening yet. And we come back and say, okay, God, and the devil will try to mess with you. Has the devil ever messed with you? Oh, yeah. We're not here to give him attention. He's... But he'll mess with you and, and tend to say, see, it didn't work. What happened? God didn't answer your prayer. Aren't you going to look silly? Oh, you've already stood up in front of people and made that proclamation. You already, you already declared that. You've already been praying that. You've already been telling your inner circle how God's going to do that. And you go and look and you don't see anything. And the servant comes back and says, I don't see anything. He said, go look again. Say, go look again. I feel like some of us, God's going to begin to compel you and direct you to go back to those areas that you walked away from thinking it was a dead or failure. And you thought, God didn't answer my prayers. And he's going to say, go look again. Go look again. And the third time he went out, go look again. He came back and he said, I see a cloud. It's just small. I see something small. God's starting. And you're going to begin to see God to do, see God do the impossible, where before you were like, I'm believing, I'm trusting, I'm believing, I'm praying, I'm believing, I'm crying, I'm believing, I'm doing everything I know, I'm standing, having done, and you look in the natural, and you don't see it. That doesn't mean you have to quit. Sometimes we need to go look again. Shall go look again. And so, uh, back to my context, and that was all free there. And so, 
I'm hearing these guys use the verses that we've been in. You know, I mean, it's almost like you've been around someone so long you feel like, hey, th- those are our verses. What are you talking? You didn't call me and ask me to use our verse. Wait. So I thought, okay, Lord, I'm going to go back and look again. What else is in this? Amen. Because I love the Word of God because you can read something so many times and keep getting something new out of it. I mean, some of, the, some of the messages that I've drawn from is not ones I've heard. It's ones I have listened to hundreds of times. I mean, there's times I've taken one message that was just dynamic, and I've, I've listened to it every day for a year and keep drawing new things out of it. It's okay to chew on the word a little longer than some of us. We want something like baby birds. You put it in our mouth and we swallow and okay, let's go on to the next. No, sometimes we need to chew on it for a while, amen, to get everything out of it. So Genesis chapter 26, when Isaac planted his crops that year, he harvested a hundred times more grain than he planted for the Lord had blessed him. He became a very rich man and his wealth continued to grow and he acquired so many flocks of sheep and goats, herds of cattle and the servants that the the Philistines became jealous. Don't you love when the enemy becomes jealous? When the unchurched, the unsaved become jealous. Don't get upset when people get jealous and want what God is doing in your life. Sometimes that's a sign from heaven that you're on the right track. I just want everybody to like me. Let me help you. Not everybody's going to like you. You would do good if you get everybody in your house to like you. Come on, somebody. You get that one happy and that one's mad at you. Don't worry about getting everybody to like you. Not everybody's going to love you. Not everybody's going to support you. Not everybody's going to cheer for you. It is what it is. They didn't didn't all love Jesus. And if they didn't do it for Jesus, why why do we think that anybody or everybody will do that for us? So the Philistines filled up all, and you know what? God blessing you and and promoting you and doing a work in your life makes people jealous, but it brings them to the attention that God's doing something in you that he's not doing in them. And it draws them to a place of of attention and decision. Because there's a lot of people that might go to church, but they're not really serving God. There's a lot of people who know about God in church, but aren't serving God. And I'm a firm believer. I'm going to just take a rabbit trail, okay? If that's all right. I mean, the buffet will be open when we get out of here. But it just I want you to know something. Yeah, all the people that stayed up late, they're still sleeping. So we got plenty of time. <laughs> but the reality is, and this has been on my heart for, for many, many years, is that the church, as we get closer to the end, the church has to rise up and be the light that Jesus wants us to be. Yeah. We're not to be overlooked. We're not to be disregarded. We're not to be ignored. We're to be so bright that they cannot ignore you of what God's doing in you. That they'll either follow you, listen to you, or get mad at you. Either way, that's their choice between them and Jesus. But they cannot ignore what God's about to do in your life. Do you hear that? They cannot, man, I feel that prophetically. I'm speaking, I might not be speaking to everybody, but there's somebody I know in this house is going to catch that. It's going to stir in your spirit. That, the, that God, what he is getting ready to do in your life, it will be of such nature that those who don't even know God cannot deny what God is doing in your life. If we're not careful in the church world, we'll get so caught up and excited about the idea of what God will do and not see the, the, the material manifestation of what God wants to do in your life. 
Because we'll say, oh, you're blessed, or oh, God's doing good things in your life, and we'll do it from a perceptual thing. But the world doesn't understand discernment. The world doesn't understand getting a hold of faith and what God is saying. They only see what they see in the natural. And God wants to intrude into their natural understanding something that they cannot argue away. It will frustrate some. Some will be so mad you don't know why they're mad at you. I'm telling you, it's because the Holy Spirit's convicting them. He's working through you. And God, it's in the Word of God that what God is doing through the church, it will make the other people jealous. You are not to be pitied. You're to be envied. Not arrogant. Not arrogant. Not arrogant, right. but you are to be envied by the world. Amen. They, want, they want that peace. They want that joy. They want that, that love. They want that blessing. They want that joy. They want that wisdom. They want that insight. You, you say, I'm going to be envied. Don't you let people pity you. That's a dr- bad drug of hell. You'll get where you don't want to see God's victory in your life because all of a sudden you've so been accustomed to the drug of people having sympathy for you. Shh. Okay. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Right now, I thank you. Just seal that in their spirit, those who receive it. That you're going to do something so amazing this year in their life that the world cannot ignore it. Their neighbors, their co-workers, their family. Father, people that thought that they were crazy and that they were just hooked up in in some weird church stuff. I thank you. You're going to show yourself strong in their life in a manner, in a way. It'll be aroma of your goodness wherever they go. That people will not and cannot deny that. That the hand of God is upon their life. If you believe believe that and receive that, shout amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You guys are awesome. Can I tell you I love you? You guys are just amazing. The amen almost knocked me over. So the Philistines filled up Isaac's well with dirt, and these were the wells that had been dug by the servants of his father Abraham. Verse 16, finally Abimelech ordered Isaac to leave the country. <laughs> you got to get out, he said. Go somewhere else, he said, for you have become too powerful for us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 17. So Isaac moved away from that valley where he set up their tents and settled down. And he reopened the wells of his father, which he had dug, which the Philistines had filled in after Abraham's death. We did a whole message on standing up and defending the wells that God has given you. Don't let what God has done in the prior generations be lost in our generation. Don't let the truths and the experiences of past generations be lost in our generation. God has a move for every generation, but don't ignore what God has done in past generations. It is a natural tendency for for adolescents to feel like they have to ignore the teachings of their parents to become their own person, but it's a lie of hell. And when we understand that God brings us and grows us and develops us, that what God has done in past generation is a stepping stone for us to continue to hold on to it so we can move to the next stepping stone. Are you with me? We have to defend the wells. So he, verse 18, he reopened the wells his father had dug, which the Philistines had filled in after Abraham's death. Isaac also restored the names Abraham had given them. Verse 19, Isaac's servants also dug in Gerar Valley and discovered a well of fresh water. But then the shepherds of Gerar came and claimed the spring. This is our water, they said, and they argued over it with Isaac's herdsmen. So Isaac named the well Isaac, which means argument. So Isaac just didn't reopen the past wells. He began to dig some of his own. 
Don't just settle for what we've experienced because of the, the price and the sacrifice and the prayers and the fasting and the, the hard work of men and women of God that have gone before us. We can reap. Jesus said to the disciples, see, I have allowed you to reap where you have not sown. You have reaped off other people's labors. God wants us to do that. But that doesn't mean that we never labor. That doesn't mean we never sow. We have to learn to sow ourselves. We have to learn to dig our own wells. We have to learn to pursue God and say, God, I need to know more of you. I need to know what you're doing. What is your plan in the earth today? It's not a matter of, God, I have some plans for this year, and I'm going to bring it to you before you in prayer, and I need you to bless it. No, it's beginning to pursue him and saying, God, what is on your agenda for this year? We want to do what you want us to do. And so they dug water, and they had people around them that began to argue with them. So Isaac's men then dug another well. But again, there was a dispute over it, so Isaac named it Sitna, which means hostility. Abandoning that one, Isaac moved on and dug another well. Say, he moved on. You know, sometimes it's okay to stand your ground and fight, and sometimes it's okay to move on. Jesus said, when you go into a house and you're ministering, if they don't receive what I am doing through you, shake the dust off your feet. He didn't say camp out and keep driving it until finally they submit and give in. No, they're, shake the dust off and move on. Move to the place where God's called you. Keep moving. Keep moving. But I had my tent over there. I know. Pick up the stakes and keep moving. How you doing, Betty and Betty? Pick up the stakes and keep moving. Sometimes it's okay to move. In ministry, move on. I'm just not talking about geographical locations, but continue to grow. Sometimes continue who God's called you to minister to. Some of us will spend our whole life trying to reach someone we love to get saved, but if we haven't been assigned from heaven to reach them to get saved, it's a frustrating journey. If you're not the one that God's called to lead them to him, move on. Because you are called to reach somebody, but you're not called to reach everybody. And one of the things is we'll get under the burden. It's a tactic of the devil. If he can't stop you, he'll try to detour you and exhaust you. Am I speaking to somebody? Man, I've been trying to win my cousin or win my brother or sister or win my parents of the Lord. And I am just, that's all I'm focusing on. I'm praying. I'm spending all my time witnessing to him. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray him into heaven and out of hell. You can't pray him out of hell. Did you hear me? Because God's given them the choice. And if God won't override their will through your prayers, listen, if he won't override their will through his own plans, why do you think he'll override their will through your plans? And one of the things in wisdom is you can look and say, wait a minute, all right, God, I've been trying to, I love that person. I want to see them experience you. I want to see them go to heaven. I want to see them miss hell. I want to see them, even as a pastor, I want to see you drink from the wells that God has for you. But I can't force you. And when we come to the reality of, Lord, everything I'm doing, all I'm doing is fighting with them. I'm getting into argument. I'm getting into strife. I'm trying to convince them to get saved. You can't convince someone to get saved. Because that's a mental area. Salvation is a heart revelation experience. If you want to join a club, then do it by a mental perspective. 
If you want to be a better person, then do it by mental decisions. But if you want to get saved, it's coming to the cross and having a heart revelation, moved by the Spirit of God and the Word of God, that you are a sinner in need of a Savior, and Jesus is the only way. And you accept Him, and you become a brand new creation in Christ Jesus. It's the greatest miracle. Are you with me? And some of us, sometimes we, we think that God's got His plan, and we're trying to work out our own. No, 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 no. He has it all. He's got the plan. We just have to learn to cooperate with His plan. And begin to say, okay, God, I have been spending all my energy trying to reach that one person. And Lord, you know what? You've never told me to reach out to him. I've just done it because I want to see him get saved. And so I'm going to put my plans up in your hands. Lord, you show me who you want me to reach out to. And Lord, if I'm not the one called to reach them, you know what that we're supposed to do? The Bible says, pray that the Lord of the harvest will send forth laborers into their path. Pray that the Lord will give them words in due season. I believe every person's heart is like a combination lock. And if you're not part of the digit, let God bring the right digits in there to unlock their heart, open them up, and receive from Him. Amen? That will take so much stress and frustration off your life. Because some of us are like, I've been praying for that person for so many years, and they just won't get saved. Well, listen, pray for them, but don't stress out about it. It's between them and Jesus. As a pastor, you know, I got that revelation, and it, it has freed me. I love people. I want to see you have the best. I want to see you go to heaven. That would be a great joy to get to heaven and walk through those pearly gates and see you up there, and we're celebrating together and talk about all that God did through us and on the earth. Amen. Amen. But you know what? If you choose to go to hell, I still love you. Yeah. Jesus still loves you, yeah. and you're welcome to go to hell. I'm not going to hell for you. Come on. I'm not your Jesus. Right. I'm going to heaven. I'm on the bus to get to heaven, and we have a seat for you. And we would love for you to be on that seat. But if you choose not to be, don't think Pastor Greg's going to pray you out of hell. Mm-mm-mm. I'm going to be celebrating in heaven. I'd love for you to be there. Do you see that point? Because we got too many people in the world that don't go to church, don't serve God, but they know someone who loves God, and they believe in their mind. Oh, my, my, my grandma, she's a saint, and she'll pray me out of hell, and they'll split hell wide open. Yeah. I just want to be real with you. People are welcome to do It's your choice. God wants you to go to heaven. The Bible says that God doesn't want anyone to perish, but wants all to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. But it's your choice. You're going to be loved all the way. But you have to make a choice. Amen? Amen. So there's, there's the opportunity. We don't always have to stay in the place where there's hostility argument. Okay, Lord, what do you want me to do? Let's dig a new well. Say, dig a new well. So abandoning that one, verse 22, Isaac moved on and dug another well. This time there was no dispute over it. So Isaac named the place Rehoboth. 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 Any way I say, none of us know if it's the right way right? I could say it five different ways. I heard a preacher say it differently. Well, probably so. He probably got it wrong. Which means open space. Say open space. For he said, at last the Lord has created enough space for us to prosper in this land. Three things that we've seen that's drawn out. Isaac kept digging the wells until he got a place that there was space, that there was blessing, and that there was peace. Say peace, Peace. prosperity, Prosperity. and expansion. Expansion. Say peace, Peace. prosperity, Prosperity. expansion. 
I want to speak that over your life this year. That that anointing, that just like Isaac, as you begin to say, okay, Lord, I'm going to let go of some stuff. Isaac could have said, I dug that well. I'm not walking away from it. No, he understood that the God of El Shaddai was more than enough. Are you with me? Sometimes we get so caught up on the material that we miss out on the supernatural. That what God is trying to provide in our life. Lord, I've been, I've been working at this job three years, but God says, I got a better job for you. Sometimes we got to let go. Paul says it this way. He said, listen, the, uh, one thing I have done, I've learned to forget the past and press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling. Sometimes we got to let go of some stuff in the past. But Lord, they've been friends. We've been friends since ch childhood. Yeah, but they've been trying to drive you to drag you to hell since you were a child. It's okay. You're like, but I'm hoping to reach them. Sometimes you got to let them go so God can work in their life. Are you with me? If you were called to reach them, you would have reached them in the last 27 years, but it hasn't happened. And they keep dragging you back to that place and that party and those people. And you keep having to repent and come back and say, next time I'm going to reach them. And they've been used by the enemy to drag you down. Sometimes it's okay to lay aside every weight and sin that easily besets you. Am I talking to somebody? Every weight and sin that so easily besets you and begin to run the race that's set before you, Hebrews tells us. God has a place for you. Say, God has a place for me. Isaac said, listen, why am I living with all this conflict and all this pressure? They've tried to, they have kicked me out. They're arguing. They're fighting with me. I'm going to the place that God has for me. And in two, 2023, I speak over your life. You're going to step into a place. If you obey God, you're going to step into a place of peace. You're going to step into a place of provision. And you're going to step into a place of expansion. We have fought the battles in 2022, 2021, 2020, and it's moving into a year of God's peace. We're moving into a year of God's provision. We're moving into a year of God's expansion. And we'll look around. Say, I'm going to look around. Say, I'm going to look again. And I'm going to see the hand of God directing my steps. Come on, give him a praise if you believe that. It is the year of Rehoboth, of God's peace. I tell you, life doesn't have to be nonstop battles. There's a place of peace. There's a place of blessing. There's a place of expansion. Let me give you another verse, because I never want to take one verse and try to build anything on it. Peter says, by two or three witnesses, let everything be established. Joshua chapter 21, Amplified Translation, verse 43 so the Lord gave Israel all the land which he had sworn to give to their fathers, their ancestors, and they took possession of it and lived in it. Say they took possession. They took possession. Even though it's available, we have to take possession of it. Yeah. Hebrews eleven thirty three. Through faith, they obtained the promises. Yeah. Hebrews six twelve. Who through faith and patience inherited the promises of God. Amen. We have to go after this. Yeah. We have to obtain it to live in it. You can't live in it until you obtain it. Right. If you live in it before you obtain it, then you are an intruder into your own promised land. Oh, my God. It might be your promised land. It might be what God has for you. But if you haven't obtained it by faith, then you'll be an intruder into what still legally belongs to you. Right. Yeah. That healing, that blessing. 
that space, that place. Say, I have to obtain it. This is, this is just not, oh, I'll let somebody else obtain it. Some of us have lived, we have lived on the coattails of other people's faith. And we're enjoying the benefits of other people's prayers, other people's faith, other people's understanding of the word. And God said, this year, you're going to rise up and begin to obtain it yourself in the name of Jesus. Because if you ride on the coattails of other people, the problem is you begin to become a servant of the people and not a servant of the most high God. I hear the Spirit of God saying, this year they will know me personally as El Shaddai. Not through others, but for your own experience. Are you listening to me? Because if you're living off the experience of others, if they, if the others, you become a servant of the other because that, oh, I'm riding the coattails. That person's climbed the corporate ladder and I'm just, they're bringing me along. Guess what? If you're not careful, one day that person said, now you owe me. And you have to make a decision. Who is your God? You've been, you've been spouting Jehovah Jireh the whole time, but just been Jehovah Jireh as you've been serving somebody else. And God said, listen, I, my people are going to know me as El Shaddai, the God of more than enough. You can't do it because someone else knows him. You have to know him for yourself. Can I get an amen? amen. We're going to dig our own wells. Amen. We've been drinking out of the well of somebody else's prayer, somebody else's help. And that's a good thing at a certain phase of life. It's great when you're growing up and you're young and you're a child or you're a teenager and you're eating the food your parents provided. But there's a place that God says, I'm taking you to a higher level. It's not a punishment. It's a provision. It's not a problem. It's a blessing. God said, I'm bringing you to a place of provision where you can provide food not only for yourself. Are you listening to me, church? You're getting ready. I'm telling you, you're getting ready to step into a flow of anointing. Give me some bass on this mic and change it around. I don't like to eat. You're getting ready to move into a flow of God's provision, God's power, God's wisdom. That all of a sudden, it's not you waiting for someone to speak into your life. You can speak into your own and begin to speak into somebody else's. You're becoming a source, a revenue stream. You're become a revenue stream, a spiritual warehouse for God's blessing in other people's lives. I hope someone can encourage me today. Encourage yourself in the Lord. I'm telling you, this is just not January 1. This is not the first day of a new year. This is graduation day. You are no longer going to be allowed to be a child of faith. You're going to be a man and woman of God. Promotion today. Promotion today. Dig your own well. Drink from the experience that God's given you and share with other people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You will not have to lean on the arm of somebody else's understanding to confirm of what you're hoping and believing for. But you will know him for yourself. For those who know their God, yada is the Hebrew word, which means to know by personal experience. Those who know their God. God does not have grandchildren and great-grandchildren. God only has children. You must be a child, son and daughter. You must know him for yourself. And those who know their God, shall be strong, shall be strong and do great exploits. Are you listening to me today? I'm telling you, the devil's been telling you you're going under. I'm telling you, you're going over. The devil's saying, this is as good as it gets. I'm telling you, the best is yet to come. Hallelujah. It's graduation day. 
it's graduation day. You're going to wear a new gown and cap today because you're crossing the line of where you used to be and to who God's called you into be. Hallelujah. 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 Peace, prosperity, and expansion. Say it's graduation day. Now, if you just got saved and this all seems a little new, that's okay. You're a baby Christian. You are welcome to stay at that level. It's a spiritual growth process. That's okay. But I'm taking a few minutes to talk to people who've been in church, and your pride has been how long you've been in church and not how long you've grown in God. Are you listening to me? I never preach problems, so nobody's done this, so I can use it as an illustration. But I, pastor doesn't need people calling him and saying, Pastor, I'm all offended someone didn't greet me right. You've been in church for 30 years. Listen, you need to grow to a place that if they have signs, don't come back. You're not welcome. We don't want you here. You walk in and say, I'm going to do what God wants me to do. If they say, listen, you need to find another church. Say, no, this is the church that God called me to be in. You get out of my way. If they say, listen, we don't love you. Say, I don't care. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. I'm going in because I'm going to connect to my God. I love my Jesus. And you can't stop me from giving a praise to him. If you believe that, take the next 30 seconds and I out of the heart let the loudest praise come out of your mouth this is a new day this is a new year this is graduation hallelujah I hear the Spirit of God saying, quit throwing your own pity parties and asking why things are happening to you. Rise up, man of God. Rise up, daughter of God. Rise up, Isaiah 60, and begin to shine with the light that is on the inside of you. For greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. You can do all things through him. You are the head and not the tail. Shall graduation day. Say, I'm graduating. So I've already graduated before. Graduate again. There's all kinds of levels. You may be seated. You may be seated. There is all kinds of levels in the kingdom of God. That is not taught enough. Most people think you get saved, you're going to heaven, and that's about it. There is ranking and order in the kingdom of heaven. Everybody's the same. We all put our hands on the same way. No, God loves everybody equally, but not everybody's the same. There is rank and there is order in the kingdom of God. And the demons cried out, Jesus we know, Paul we know, but who are you? There is rank and order in the kingdom of God. Don't you live at the bottom of the barrel life. Don't you dare live at the bottom of the barrel. I'm just going to live my life and do one, and I'm going to pray a quick prayer right before the rapture happens, and I'm just going to barely make it in with the skin of my teeth. If you do that and you go to hell, tell them you went to a different church. Don't you tell them you came here. Demon says, welcome to hell. What church you went to? It's okay to lie. You're in hell. Just lie at that point. blame me stand before the throne of God and this is my pastor's fault I'm going to be like no I'm going to do this. 
I told him, Jesus. You know I told him. It's in the books. See, it's graduation day. Woo, that's not even in my notes. That is just out of the, what the Lord placed on my heart in the moment. See, it's graduation day. Don't you look at uh, difficult situations of, oh, why me? Maybe sometimes it's, it's okay. You're six foot four, 250 pounds, wide shoulders, big muscles. It's okay to get out of the chair that was for kindergarten. You're not in kindergarten no more. Your discomfort is that you're trying to fit into a space that's too small for you. Oh. Why, why am I not feeling peace? Why is not life not comfortable? Maybe it's because you've outgrown where you've been sitting, that place, that position, that authority. Maybe it's too small. It's time to graduate and move to the place that God has for you. God. Say, I'm moving to the next level. Uh, for whatever reason, you know what I mean? If it's me, if it's the Holy Ghost, I don't know sometimes, but it's like all of a sudden, I just heard George Jefferson's theme song, I'm moving on up. I don't know if you know what that TV show is. I grew up on it. I just, uh, come on, somebody, you know what I'm talking about. See, I'm moving up. It's graduation day, and I'm not going down. I'm not staying in this same place. I am moving up to a bigger and better place created by God, and I will step into it. I will take ownership of it. I'll take ownership of it and begin to experience and say, look what God has done. Hallelujah. Joshua. So the Lord gave Israel all the land which he had sworn to give to their fathers, ancestors, and they took possession of it and lived in it. And the Lord gave them rest from conflict on every side. Now notice how this happens. In accordance with everything he had sworn to their fathers, and not one of, and not one of all their enemies stood before them in battle, for the Lord handed over all their enemies to them. Mm. I decree in 2023 that everything, every demon, every assignment by a person, any and every person that has made it their agenda in life to hinder you or harm you, I command it to be canceled, and I command their efforts to be canceled. I command their plans and assignment to be canceled, and they will be ineffective. Your enemies are falling today in the name of Jesus. One passage, God told Israel, look around and see your enemies, for after this day they will be no more. I speak over your life, look around and see your enemies. Those that are not, they have no desire to serve God, they are serving the devil, and their assignment is to harm you, or hurt you, or delay you, or deter you, or deny you. And I decree over your life prophetically, by the authority of the name of Jesus, watch them, because after this day, they will be no more in your life, in Jesus' name. They will be no more. Shh, hallelujah. So look at this. Look at this. Not one, and it goes on to say, the Lord handed over all their enemies to them. Not one of the good promises. Do you know the Bible says that the promises of God, the promises of the word of God are precious. The good promises which the Lord had spoken to the house of Israel, not one of them failed. 
all had come to pass. All had come to pass. All had, all had come to pass. Not 99%, not 96%, not 85%, not 14%. Some of us are at the 14% of God's promises. But I'm telling you, he's taken us to a place that all the promises of God, the Bible says are yea and amen, which means approved and so be it. All of us, all of the promises, notice what they had. So they had protection, peace and protection, the enemies that have been dealt with. They had provision. God had blessed them. All the promises of God, and they had expansion. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Not one of the promises of God failed. Not one of his promises failed. Not one of his promises failed. Not one of his promises failed. Not one. Not one. Ever, if he speaks to you, reveals his word, the promises from the word of God, get past these people trying to tell you something outside of the word of God. Let it alone. Oh, I'm going to go have this prophet speak a word. Oh, listen, I believe in prophets. I have relationships with people that are in the prophetic and the, the fivefold prophet ministry. I, I understand that. And God uses people to speak over your life and into your life. But listen, if you go to, to people and say, oh, I need you to speak a word in my life, and you are looking for, let me give you a side note. For some of you don't know what I'm talking about. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. But if anybody ever comes to you and says, God told me to tell you this. Does God do that sometimes? Yes. But there is a two points that have to happen. Number one, it must be in alignment with the word of God. Number two, it must, are you listening to me? It must be a confirmation of what God has already spoken to you. It is not a, it will never be a new revelation. God told me you're supposed to marry me. Uh-uh, sorry. You've been married seven times. I'm not going to be in that one. You laugh. People do that all the time. People do that. Oh, I'll go to Bible school. You better watch out. Just because someone is in Bible school, just because someone goes to church, just because someone's on TV preaching, doesn't mean you have to line everything up, challenge everything with the Word of God. It must be in a line with the Word of God, and it must be a confirmation of what the Holy Spirit, oh, I need a new word. Then you get in the Word of God and let the Word of God by the Spirit of God speak to you and give you new revelation and direction. The Holy Spirit will teach you all things. Well, don't you think the Holy Spirit can speak through other people? Yes, but never a new revelation. Because Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. He didn't say they'll follow a prophet. They will follow me. Be led by the Spirit of God. Sometimes they get the Old Testament and New Testament prophets mixed up because they are different in roles. Just because I, I, I had a guy years ago, I shared this story, years ago, early days of our ministry, show up one day, and someone came, and came up to one of the members and said, hey, uh, uh, where's the pastor of the church? And they did the unpardonable sin. They pointed me out. If anybody ever comes to you and say, where's Pastor Greg? Don't you point me out. Somebody in my office did that one day, and I went, really? Oh, he's right here walking down the hallway. He went, really? And so he came over and said, are you the pastor? I said, sure. So that's two strikes for someone who's saying they're, he said, I'm a, I'm a prophet. That's a three strikes for me because if you're something, there's an anointing. You don't need a title to tell me. All right. 
If someone has to come up to you and tell you, I'm good looking, maybe they're really not. <laughs> Just saying. I'm generous. If they have to tell you, they're probably not. Oh, I'm prophet so-and-so, and the Lord gave me a word from your church. Just want to see if I can take the platform and share that message. And you know what? I wish I could say I'm this smart, but I know I'm so dependent on the Holy Spirit. And out of my spirit, I just said quickly. It was just like in that moment. I, I'm, I tend to be quick-witted with humor, but I mean, it was like in the moment. I said, well, you know, the Holy Spirit didn't tell me you were coming, and I don't know you from Adam, so you're not getting near my platform, but I am so glad to have you with us today. It just came out real fast, and his eyes got real big, and he turned around and left. Because I figured if the Holy Spirit sent him, the Holy Spirit would have told me he sent him up. Hallelujah. Where do you get that? Acts. The Holy Spirit told Peter and told the guys, go find Peter. Okay, moving right along. Not one of the good promises. Not one of the good promises had failed. The Lord had spoken. Say, not one promise will fail. I'm so glad his word works. I'm so glad his word works. I'm so glad his word works. So they took possession of it. They had peace and they had the promises. In closing, how do we make sure we access this? We say, oh, by faith. Let me give you another verse, Hebrews 11, verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. But without faith, it's impossible. Now, we saw earlier that faith is what enables us to receive from God. Faith, Hebrews 11, verse 33, is what enables us to take possession of what God has for us. Because if we can't possess it, we can't live in it, even though it belongs to us. If we look for a quick fix and don't develop what God wants to develop in us through his word, then when the enemy comes, don't you understand that any country that has a lot of money and no military is a country that is soon about to be poor again. Why? Because you have to know how to stand your ground. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. If you're taking notes, here's several things. Number one, for us to operate in faith, we really have to be from the attitude, are you listening to the attitude of pleasing God? If your attitude of faith, now hear me, there's a balance to every truth, stay in the middle of the road. If your attitude of faith is what I can get to please me, you'll miss out on what God has for you that will truly please you. God wants you to be happy. God wants you to be blessed. He delights in the prosperity of his servants, right? He wants you to have stuff. He just doesn't want stuff to have you. If we're going to operate by faith, the Bible says that faith works by love. And if we're going to operate, we have to come with the attitude of, Lord, I want to live my life to please you. You get to where you, you see God blessing you, and you're like, oh, I don't need that. He says, I know you don't need that, but I'm going to bless you because I want people to see my blessing on you. Amen. Do you know why people get mad and want to talk about prosperity? It's because they look through the lens of their own heart, and their own heart is of greed and covet. They, they don't share. It's all about them and their greed, and they're pleasing themselves. And so when they think more money, they think, oh, that's just horrible. That's unacceptable. 
Why? Because they're not doing well with what they do have. And they know if they were offered more. Do you want to see one of the most destructive things that happens is you take people that have been athletes their whole life and have no money and let them sign a, sign a contract and immediately have access to multiple millions of dollars and they've never handled thousands of dollars. Now they're dealing with multi-millions of dollars and all of a sudden it's not a matter of you have to go find a drug dealer. Drug dealers knock on their door. You don't have to go to the corner to find a, a prostitute. The prostitutes come knocking on their door. Why? Because it will attract the negative as well as the positive. And if you don't know how to stand your ground and don't know how to handle what God's given you, all of a sudden, and people are like, well, yeah, I don't believe in that prosperity. It's because they're greedy. And people in, the, in prosperity, some of them are greedy. That's their motivation. And you know what happens? They carry the weight of that success. But God says, listen, you remember it is me that's given you power to get wealth, and I will add no sorrow to it. You do it God's way, then you begin to see even the blessing, the financial blessing comes into your life. And you're like, oh, I don't think God will ever make me a billionaire. I don't think God will ever make me a millionaire. Let's do a thousandaire. Let's just work at the level of your faith, Romans 14. Let's just get you to the next step. Well, I don't know if God, listen, if, if it's all about you, then you'll see it, you struggle with it. I don't need much. No, no, it's not about you needing much more. It's about you saying, God, use me and everything I have, it all belongs to you. Who can I help? Who can I bless? Who can I meet the needs of people? Lord, I want to be blessed more because I know there's more people that are hungry and need to be fed. The world does, the church world don't know how to even mess with us because we do things so different. We not only take up offerings because that is the process of sowing and reaping and you, ex you moving out of the kingdom of the world into the kingdom of God and God blessing you beyond your understanding. Yeah. But we open up the offering buckets for people to take cash out if they're in need. They don't know how to do with that. That don't make any sense. Why do we do it? Because the Holy Spirit told me to do it. Yeah. And he had to tell me three times because the first two times I argued why it's a bad idea. <laughs> don't look at me at that tone of voice. You know exactly it'd be the same way. But the blessing of God is not just about you buying expensive things. That God doesn't mind you having things. For, uh, Timothy says, tell him to not trust in the uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us all things to enjoy. He wants you to enjoy it, but he wants you to understand it. The Lord, my number one priority is to please you. Because most people that are against prosperity spend all their time trying to get it. Now, I don't mind if people want to believe that God wants them poor. That's fine. Then just don't work 40 or 50 or 60 hours a week. <laughs> just live your conviction. That's all I want people to do. Live your convin convictions. Live your conviction. If you don't think God wants you blessed, that's fine. What annoys me is when people are multimillionaires and they're dogging people that are blessed. Well, that's just not godly. And they know how much money they have in their account. Right. Don't pretend. Just be... Amen? Amen? Look at that verse. Must want to please him. Say please him. Please him. You know, that, that will change most of the stuff. When we get our heart and our attitudes right and say, Lord, I need to repent. I want to make, I don't want you to bless my plans. I want to do your plans. I want to put into action the plans of God. You tell me to give something, I'm going to give it. You tell me to do this, I'm going to speak, I'm going to follow the principles of your word. I want to be pleasing in your sight. Jesus said the two of all the commandments, the two greatest one is what? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and to love your neighbors as yourself. 
When you begin to please God, you know what? It's going to move your heart and desires. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you places desires in your heart. Commit your works to him, trust also in him, and he will bring it to pass. All of a sudden, you'll have a desire for people. You'll have a desire for souls. You know, God asked me to do something I had never done to my knowledge just about a week ago in my own prayer time. And God said, I don't want you to pray for even just the people. I want you to start praying for the people you have yet ministered to. Because I don't care who you are. God can and wants to use all of us. And there is still people that he's called and designed for you to minister to. John 15. I didn't, you didn't choose me. I chose you and preordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit. There is people out there that has yet to get saved. There is people out there that is yet to be ministered to, to be healed, to be delivered, to be, to be blessed. There is people out there that is yet to be encouraged. God said, I want you to start praying for those people that you have yet to even know that they're there. God, I In the name of Jesus. Can you imagine if we stop just praying for our stuff? And God wants you to pray when you have a need. And just praying for things around it. Begin to pray. Father, I'm going to spend time. I'm going to pray and I'm going to fast for people that I don't even know yet that you are called and designed for me to minister to. So when I get there, I have already been prepared to be there. Come on, somebody. Operate in faith. We have to have a desire to please him. Impossible to please him. For he that comes to God, for us to please him, we have to be willing to pursue him. Why are we doing the 21-day fast starting tomorrow from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m.? 12 hours. That's how the Jewish and the early church both did it. You eat in the evening, but 6 a.m., 6 p.m., why? Because we're, you can't say that I'm, I want God to be pleased and, I, and I'm going to please God and I'm never going to pursue him. We have to have times in our life in the routine of life, but also in the seasons where we pursue him. Right. We just ask you to do more than you're typically used to doing. I've never fasted. Okay, start with a little. Just begin and spend time praying. Spend time in the word. So he that sows to the things of the spirit will reap life. I need God to fix my stuff before I pursue him. I'm telling you, some of the greatest victories will come. You pursue him regardless of all the other stuff. And when you come out of it, you're like, wow, who fixed that for me? God said, I fixed it the moment you stepped in toward me. Draw near to me, James says, and I will draw near to you. For he that cometh to God, he that comes, he that comes, we must be pursuing him, must believe. Believe in Romans tells us comes from the heart. We have to get understanding revelation from the word of God to believe. We have to believe. And believe what? Number one, that he is. Lord, I, I see all the problems, but you are my solution. Yes. I don't know how. When you don't know how he's going to do it, continue to praise him for you know the who's going to do it. When you don't know how, you know the who. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not to your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder. You know what? The devil tried to mess with me just a few weeks ago. He tries to, he'll try to come and say stuff. And the attitude of, oh, you shouldn't expect a reward. 
But you know, it's the desire of the Father to bless you. Amen. And blessing is just not always financial, so don't misunderstand me. Right. Every facet, it's the desire of the Father to do good into your life. Yes. It's a desire. In fact, I really believe that even in Malachi 3 when it says, you have robbed God. Because how do we rob you? You have robbed me with, without, by not giving your tithes and offerings. It's not a matter of God needs money. He needs the opportunity to do what's on his heart into your life. Amen. And I'm not taking up a second offering. So I will not try to convince you. I do not want you to be convinced mentally that you should give or give tithes or offerings or seed. I want you to do it by revelation. Because when you do it by the revelation of the word of God, you're activating faith. And when you activate it by faith, then you receive. Amen. Say, God is a good God. Say, God is a good God. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God, we not only please Him, we pursue God. Cometh to God, must believe that He is everything. He is El Shaddai, the God of more than enough. Say, this is the year of El Shaddai. And he is a rewarder. He wants to reward you. He likes rewarding his children. Well, God just trying to see how much, how much trouble I can deal with. That's not of God. He wants you to be victorious. You'll deal with trials and tribulations, but be of good cheer. I have overcome. As we draw near to him, seek him. In closing, 2023, peace, prosperity, and expansion into your life. This is the year of El Shaddai, yeah. the God who is more than enough. Yeah. If you believe that, give the Lord a loud, loudest hand clap of praise. Yeah. Hallelujah. 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 If you bow your head and close your eyes, if you're here today and do not have a real relationship with Jesus Christ, I'm not asking if you know about God. I'm not asking you... To agree with something, I'm asking you, in the way you process, in the way you experience, in the way you understand, is Jesus Christ real to you in a way that you know? And number two, is he your Lord and Savior? Only you can answer that. If you can't, I'm not talking about you go to church and know about God. Do you know him? It's one of the greatest, greatest miracles. To know your sins are forgiven, you're going to heaven, that, that God's presence is in your life, you can know him. With every head bowed and every eye closed. If you do not know him that way, or maybe you're used to and you've allowed stuff to come between you and God, sin and junk, and you're saying, I know my heart's not right, and today I want to make it right. Either, either one of those two. At the count of three, I'm going to pray a prayer, and I want you to simply follow that prayer. Repeat that prayer. Let it come from your heart. Believe it in your heart. Speak it with your mouth. Romans 10, those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans 5, with the heart man believes in a righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Let this prayer come from your heart and watch what God will do in your life. Say with me, say, Heavenly Father, I repent of all my sins. I turn to you today. I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that He came to this earth in the flesh died on a cross for me, was buried for me, and on the third day rose again for me. Because I believe that, I ask you, Jesus, to come into my heart, wash me in your blood, cleanse me from all sin. 
forgive me. I open up the door of my heart and life, and I invite you in to be my Savior and my Lord. Thank you for saving me. I am saved in Jesus' name. And everyone said, now if you prayed the prayer real quickly, prayed that prayer, I want to speak a blessing from Ephesians for tenacity and supernatural strength on the inside. This idea of getting saved and getting right and going back and getting saved and going back, this cycle, this pattern, it's got to be broken. We need the, the power that only comes from God who not only saves you but empowers you to live for Him. If you prayed that prayer and say, Pastor, I want you to know I prayed that prayer and I want, I want you to speak the blessing over my life. At the count of three, I want you to stand to your feet so I know who I'm talking to. I don't know who you are, but I know there's more than a few. In the name of Jesus, one, two, three, stand to your feet. If you prayed that prayer just a minute ago and you meant business with God, come on, stand. Come on, church, clap. There's some more people. There's some over here. Stand. Keep standing. Hallelujah. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Hallelujah. Keep clapping. There's a few more. God bless you. A few more seconds. You say, I don't know if I want to stand in front of people. I know it's hard, but if we're standing in front of people that are celebrating, if that's hard, how hard is it going to be to stand in a world that's trying to tempt you and lead you into sin? It's time that we cross the line and with tenacity and say, I'm going to serve him. I'm going to live for him. Thank you. God bless you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? A few more seconds. Come on, church. You can keep, you can keep clapping longer than that. Heaven is celebrating today. Hallelujah. Man, I just know my spirit. There's somebody over here. I'm just going to need a few more seconds. You're on the inside. You are fighting with yourself to stand. I don't know who you are. We're going to give you a few more seconds. Thank you. Thank you. There's somebody else too. You're not the only one. Someone say, phew, I don't have to stand. No, you need to stand. This is important. This few more seconds. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Three more seconds. Somebody else over here. Thank you for standing. Somebody else. A few more seconds. You know on the inside, it's just, you're like, oh God, help him move faster. Let him move to the next thing. No, no, no. I'm going to wait for you. It's important. A few more seconds. Who is that? Who am I talking to? Who am I talking to? That's how important you are. The Holy Spirit won't let me move. One more person. Who is it? few more seconds. Only you, between you and Jesus, I don't know who you are. I'm not here to embarrass anybody, but this is important. It's, the Lord wants you to know, it's important for you to do this because it will break the shackles that have been on your life for years. Who is that? Don't keep trying to do it the old way that hasn't been working. This is a new day. Come on, church, quietly pray right where you're at in your seat. It's not a matter, oh, I prayed once. We gotta live this thing. It's gotta be real. A few more seconds. Only you know. I mean, you're on the inside, you're just kind of like fighting this thing. Who am I? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Are you ready for your new beginning? Are you ready for the cycle to be broken? Are you ready to go from glory to glory to glory? Are you ready to see Proverbs 4 to shine brighter and brighter? None of this lit and blown out, lit and blown out. No more. 
I want all of you standing. I've never asked anybody to do this. Just turn around and wave to the, your past. You're waving, not to people. You're waving and say goodbye, past. I'm done with you. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm breaking that cycle. Now, church, stretch your hands toward him. Father, in the name of Jesus, we seal them with the blood of Jesus and with the anointing of God. We we sanctified them into the family of God. And we curse every curse and assignment against them. Every chain of bondage I command to be broken off their life and their desires. Revamp their desires in a moment, Lord. Every taste for nicotine or drugs or alcohol or any addiction, let it be broken immediately. What they could not do with discipline and self-will, let it be easy for them. Right now, I decree every negative cycle that they have been stuck in to be broken now in the name of Jesus. And we ask you, according to your word, for you to strengthen them, strengthen them with might by your spirit in the inner person. In Jesus' name, we give you praise. And everyone shouted, Amen. Amen. Devil, take your hands off them. They belong to Jesus. Give them, give them another, let, give the Lord a hand clap of praise one more time.